welcome to the Redemptive Parenting Podcast, where we aim to encourage and equip parents in wisdom with hope in the gospel for the everyday. Your hosts are me, Kristen, and my husband, Pastor Pete. Hey, I'm back. Yay, we are back. It's been quite a while since the two of us have recorded an episode. Uh, between Pete's preaching and my grad school, plus a case of COVID for one of our sons, yes. shoulder surgery and a college move-in for the other, and now Pete's knee surgeries, this <laughs> summer has been surprisingly full considering the pandemic and no uh, vacation. Yes. And speaking of full, we've seen a lot of upheaval in our country, cultural upheaval. We've been controversial news, division and politics disappointment, and then fear because of this virus. And it's been, which is interesting what we're going to be talking about, it's it's an attack on the image of God because it's isolating us. All of this has been the inspiration for our podcast series. And through it all, we've noticed a common thread, and that is Christians not thinking, acting, and believing in accordance to the gospel. So to that end, we will use each of the episodes in this series that we have entitled Gospel Gaps to examine our beliefs and behaviors through the lens of God's Word. Now, the series will be a little different in that it is not strictly parenting, but how we as parents think, act, believe, how we live certainly impacts our parenting. So I just want to start with a quote from one of my counseling books, and then Pete will introduce the foundational premises, which... He hit on. So Christianity is not just a system of thought, but also of practice. This system lays claim on every facet of our lives. So in other words, it's not just a compartmentalized part of our lives, but the very essence of our lives, which means how we think, act, and believe should flow out of it. So Pete, take it away. Well, in thinking of, we call it gospel gaps, is that All of us believe certain things, but we don't believe these certain things all the time in very specific situations and circumstances. So a lot of times you'll hear people profess uh, faith in Christ, and then the way they treat other people just doesn't match up with who Jesus is and how Jesus treated people. So there's gaps in our lives. And so I thought what we'd do is we'd start with uh, looking at the image of God and what does it mean to be made in the image of God. And I think Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 to 11 is the quintessential passage to look at because Jesus is showing us the very character and nature of God. And in this passage, we also see how God relates to himself in the Trinity. And so I'll read it real quick. And then uh, one theologian said this, if the Bible is a mountain range, then this text, Philippians 2, is one of its highest peaks. So this is the Mount Everest of the New Testament when it comes to Christology and and who Jesus is and what he has done. So (laughs) this is a loaded passage, and I'm going to do my best to try to just touch on some of the key things. Paul says this, he starts with the command, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. See, what's interesting is that Christianity, it's not just that we look at other people and treat them as equals. No, Paul takes it further and says, no, consider them actually as more important than you. So let, verse four, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 
And then he commands us, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And now he's going to tell us what Jesus's frame of mind is in verse 6. Who, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. See, this is interesting because in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, because they wanted to be like God, they grasped for the fruit, thinking it would make them like God. And here Paul is saying Jesus, who is equal in the very person of God, did not grab a hold of his glory, but he's willing to let it go. So he did not grasp, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So this is Jesus's humble descent, and now verses 9 to 11, because Jesus's humble descent, God the Father gloriously ascends him. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And I'll just add in here real quick. When you preach this, I mean, it just hit me. He made himself nothing. And here we are trying to exalt ourselves and make ourselves everything. Right and want everybody to worship us, and, yeah. and we want to live and act as if we are a God. Yeah, yeah. The one who is God, the one who is the only one worthy of worship, is the one who gives up his glory as God to take on human form, but not just any human, but to become a slave, to serve others. So, Paul starts off with the command, do nothing from selfish ambition. That is, do nothing that tries to make yourself big, (laughs) where you try to make yourself big or bigger than other people, that you look down upon other people in order to elevate yourself. And that gets to motives, which we've talked about in like our first series, that sin is not just outward behavior. But here, I mean, you really have to dig underneath it. Like, Mm -hmm. what is it that we're doing? Why is it that we're posting that? Or why are we upset with that person? Mm -hmm. Is it because they didn't give us the recognition and and, and treat us as the God that we want to be treated as? Right. And Paul calls it, he says, it's it's empty. (laughs) It's vain conceit. To try to make yourself big at the expense of others is vain conceit. It's worthless. It's empty. And the reason why is because it's self-focused. It's not others-focused. See, what's Jesus showing us? As God, here's what God is like. As God, he seeks to serve others for their good above himself. He's not seeking his own selfish gain and ambition. He's letting go of his glory as God to become human in order to serve us. And this is why Paul says, I want you to have the same lowly mindset that Jesus had. This is who Jesus is revealing God to be, which means if we think about the implications of being made in the image of God, God made us in his own image so that we would image him forth to others, that we would reflect him, that we would display him, that we would act in accordance to who he is and put him on display for others to see. 
This gives us insight into the nature of sin. It gives us insight into what does it mean to be made in the image of God. And it gives us insight into what is our purpose in life. What is God's purpose for us in creating us in his image? And so it touches on all of these things that we're going to unpack throughout the rest of this. But just as the foundation, um, who Jesus is revealing himself to be as God. Well, and if that is our overriding purpose, I mean, because we all have purpose in our roles and in our Mm -hmm. jobs. I mean, different, you know, we wear different hats. But like, if this is our overriding purpose then how then do we flesh that out in every in every encounter? I mean, in our families, yeah. in our workplace, right. in our neighborhood. And that's what I feel like in culture right now, we're all living for ourselves. <laughs> and so I just think, gosh, if the church, if Christians would just be Christians and mm-hmm. live in accordance to how we are called, what a difference that would make. But instead, we're no different than the world. Right. We're all wanting to be served and bitter and mad and canceling people that don't treat us treat as us God instead we... <laughs> of looking for ways to enter in and serve. I mean, let's just start with our family, serving our family, but then also the people around us that we have yeah. opportunities that we bump up against and we just pass on by because we're not thinking gospel centered about our days our encounters right right i mean just okay you just say this husbands wives do you view and treat your spouse as if they're more important and more significant than you parents (laughs) do you treat your kids as if they are more significant and more important than you do you serve their interests above your own or are you living as a king a mini king demanding that everybody else revolve their life around you and serve you for your own interest. Again, Paul says it's selfish ambition. It's empty, vain, worthless conceit to live trying to make yourself big at the expense of treating others as if they're small. So that relates to all aspects of our life. It relates to all of our relationships and how we treat one another. Well, and I think so often, I mean, we can connect this to just right now what's going on with the race, but not just race. I think um, socioeconomic Mm -hmm. groups. I mean, we just get into our bubbles Mm -hmm. and we automatically think because we're associated with a certain group or a certain neighborhood or a certain school or whatever it is. That we're better. That we're better. (laughs) And that's what's been really convicting for me to see that I do live and think as if I am better than others because I have whatever it is I'm a part of, you know? And so I catch myself looking down on others or judging others because they're different than me. And I mean, I'm not just talking race. I would say primarily for me, it it stems from socioeconomic. Mm -hmm. And then how that fleshes out with our kids, because typically our kids associate with our friends' kids and people like us. And so are we exposing them to opportunities and other people that aren't like us? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we do that uh, in the church, right? Oh, we judge people based on if their kids are decent or not, if they behave well or not. And then, oh, you must be bad parents. So then again, we feel better about ourselves. We're elevating ourselves and we're looking down and treating others as if they're lower than us. So again, we're trying to make ourselves big. And this is the thing. Because what Philippians 2 tells us is that 
Equality with God is not grasping for greatness. Jesus is showing us that his understanding of being equal with God is not grasping for greatness, but giving it up, letting it go for the good of others. So you just think about our reputations, right? What do people think of me? Am I, am I willing to let it go? I mean, normally not because we want to self-justify. Exactly. <laughs> and, that's, and that's exactly it. So this, this applies to all aspects. It applies to how we treat people. Just think of this. Okay, you're, you know, if you live in the city or whatever, and you're driving down the road, and there's a street corner where the homeless hang out. Do you treat them with dignity as fellow image bearers, or do you dismiss them, neglect them, don't look at them, and treat them with dignity at all? And we all do this, and we do this with other people, and again, not just with the homeless, but we do it with people that we don't like, that we disagree with, and we treat them as less than human. Jesus doesn't grasp for greatness. He gives up his greatness for the good of others. So he let go of his self-importance in order for others to feel and be important. And so here it is. Here's the significance of this, because we'll see this next time, but it's showing us what sin is. If this is who God is, that he is serving others for their good, he's giving up his greatness for the good of others, considering others as more important than himself, then what is sin? Sin is self-centeredness. Sin is selfishness. And so this is the most amazing thing about our passage about our God. Jesus gave up his greatness for self-centered, selfish people who think they're more important than God. That's who he serves for their good. That's who he goes to the cross and dies for to pay for their penalty, sin's penalty. And so when we begin to get that, Now, what God wants is to shape and mold us more into the image of his son so we would display and reflect him to others. Because that is truly humbling. Humbling. Like to realize like he he gave up himself for me Mm -hmm. and I'm so prideful and selfish. (laughs) Exactly. So I guess um, just some an exaltation or thought questions to take you away with is just, do you have the mindset of Jesus? Are you displaying and reflecting the image of God in all your relationships and in all your life circumstances? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a table conversation. You have dinner with your kids. Like, how did you reflect Jesus today? Or how did you not reflect Jesus yeah. today? Or how did you see someone else, someone else reflecting the image them. of Jesus today or not? And and help give them that category yes. for, for viewing themselves and others and thinking about us as image bearers. Yeah. Excellent. So, okay, <laughs> we'll be back with another one related to this. These will all kind of connect together. But thank you for rejoining us at the Redemptive Parenting Podcast I hope that you'll listen to all of them. I hope that you'll tell a friend. And of course, we would love your review on Apple Podcast. So until next time. Toodaloo. Grace and peace. <laughs>